BYU 31, UNLV 21 is our final score. Joe Critchlow in his first start makes it a winning start. He ends up going 14 for 22 for 160 yards, a touchdown, and a no picks, a passer rating just under 140. UNLV's Johnny Stanton, two, 20 for 33, 325 passing, two touchdowns and, a, and two picks, a passer rating just north of 150. Squally, Canada, with a career high, 213 rushing yards, eighth most in BYU single game history. Wow, what a night for Squally. Austin Defenses, 53 rushing yards as well. Aleva Hifo, six receptions, 58, and a score. Matt Bushman, five for 52. Those are the two leading receivers for BYU. UNLV's Darren Woods Jr., seven for 86 to pace the Rebels with pet catches. Brandon Presley, four for 88, and a score to pace UNLV with yardage. Lexington Thomas, 16 carries, 83 yards, and a touchdown. Those are the main individual numbers of note. A lot of offense tonight. 447 yards for UNLV, 425 for BYU. The uh, passing yardage for UNLV, 325 to 160. But BYU ran for 265 yards to UNLV's 122. BYU, 6.6 yards per play. And when you average 6.5 plus, you're going to win a lot of games. BYU's won upwards of 90% of its games in the last decade plus when at 6.5 plus per play. And that's what they were tonight. Possession time roughly even. And the scoreboard is BYU plus 10 as they go plus 2 in the turnover margin and win it by a final score of 31 to 21. Before Mark recaps our scoring, we'll send a shout out to Utah Community Credit Union where you can get a low fixed rate on a home equity line of credit and lock in that low rate for 10 years with absolutely no closing fees. To learn more, visit uccu.com. Let's recap the scoring now on a 31-21 BYU win. Okay, in the first half, nobody scored in the first quarter. Braden L. Backery opened the scoring with a run, one-yard run. PAT good by Almond. UNLV answered with a Lexington, Lexington Thomas one-inch run. And the PAT was good by Gutierrez, 7-7. But then Oliva Hifo caught an 11-yard TD pass, and the PAT was good, and that made the score at halftime 14-7 in favor of BYU. So BYU gets the second half kickoff, and they are able to go with those back-to-back possessions and score touchdowns in both of those. To start the second half, Squally Canada ripped off a 54-yard run and then got the touchdown on this play. Crystal awaits the T. John Caroma snap. There's the snap. Hand off Squally. Squally middle. Lowers the shoulder pads and stays on his feet into the end zone. Oh, Canada once again. Squally scores. BYU 20. UNLV 7 with the PAT pending. PAT was good putting that back into a two-touchdown lead for BYU, but not for long. UNLV drove 74 yards for a touchdown. Johnny Stanton hit uh, Brandon Presley with an 18-yard TD pass. PAT good by Gutierrez, 21-14, but BYU answers with a 75-yard drive for a score. And uh, this time, they go to that uh, Wildcat formation, and this is how they get it in. Trips left, including Akili Davis seeing his first snap. El Bracri to the left tip as Kefensis goes direct snap. Critchlow's among trips. Kefensis keep to the right. Oh, he's wide open into the end zone! Austin Kefensis with his first career touchdown as a Cougar. It opened wide up for Austin on the right side, and he takes it right into the end zone. What an answer from BYU. Squally did a lot of the work to get him down to that 11-yard line. PAT was good by Rhett Allman, putting BYU back up 28-14. to 
Then, uh, boy, there was a lot of action going on in this next possession for UNLV. It looked like they were going to have a holding penalty against him on a big, long completion. Instead, the holding penalty gets wiped out. They said, nope, no penalty. They get the long touch. They get that long pass. They get a second long pass and end up getting it into the end zone when Johnny Stanton, he hit uh, Devontae Boyd with a 13-yard TD pass. Gutierrez good with the PAT, 28-21. And BYU's back to that seven-point lead, but BYU then moves the ball to the UNLV 11-yard line. Now, they got a good field position because there was a celebration penalty following the Boyd touchdown. So that was went on the uh, kickoff. BYU ends up with a short field. Get it down to the 11-yard line, and then Rhett Allman kicked a 28-yard field goal, giving BYU that 10-point lead. And the score, 31-21, is the final for BYU. And I just wanted to mention, Greg, that uh, we talked about it in the pregame. But uh, I said there's a surprise in store for us tonight. I don't know what it is, and I can't wait to see it. And it ended up being pretty fun. And it would end up being Squally Canada's 200-plus-yard rushing night in this 10-point win. Pretty good stuff. 200 yards plus for Squally. Let's see how he got to 200. T. John waving his left hand, snapping with his right hand, pivoting to his left as Critchlow handoff Squally. Second level Canada, 20, 15, on his feet, 10-yard line, oh, another great run, 22 yards from Squally Canada. And on that, he's over 200 yards on the night. Yeah. Mm, that was Yeah, that was something. a good one. Yeah. Wow. And you know what I love? The BYU players are still leaving the field because they had to go from end zone down far sideline, slapping five with all these BYU fans. I love the fact that BYU took a 2-8 and eight team out of state and filled half the stadium tonight yeah, in that? BYU blue yeah. and got a win for them and spent time on the field after with them. Uh, Cougar Nation, love you. What a great showing tonight from all these BYU fans down here in Las Vegas. Cougars gave them a good game to see and, uh, and and respond to and then appreciate afterward. And, yeah, it's been we all know what it's been like this year. It's It's been rough for, from, 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 from the get-go, but they could still finish it outright. And this was a good step toward yeah. that here tonight. So uh, some positivity here in Las Vegas tonight. Joe Critchlow becomes the fourth freshman to win his first start at quarterback, joining Ty Detmer, Taysom Hill, and Tanner Mangle. Yeah. So uh, congratulations to Joe. Yeah, awesome. Uh, hey, fans with convenient locations in Provo, Linden, and Spanish Fork, the Pizza Factory is the perfect place for your next pregame or postgame meal. The Pizza Factory, made by locals and loved by locals. Before we send it to Jason Shepard for our uh, post and postgame live, let's take a look at what Mark called our keys to the game. Before the game, we'll see how they turned out. They're brought to you by Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen, proud supporters of the BYU Cougars and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. What were your keys tonight, Mark? Number one was you got to be good on offense, and that meant to look for the big play have success on third down conversions, and score TDs in the red zone. I thought that they did a pretty good job uh, overall. Certainly the big play part, uh, there were lots of big runs and big plays. Stay in the game. Keep it close. Answer each score. Now, even though BYU had the lead, each time UNLV scored, BYU answered to get it back to that two-score lead. And the last one, I really appreciate how they, they worked hard at this one. It was hit and hustle. Make the extra effort. Play like you love the game. And Taki Taki was mm. out there making that effort, putting pressure on that quarterback time and time again. No wonder that right tackle had to jump before each snap. 
Some defensive numbers of note as you bring up Sione. Sione had five tackles, three of them solo, one pass breakup. The leading tackler tonight, total and solo, was Micah Hanneman. He was a, had an active night tonight. Seven solo stops, nine tackles, one tackle for loss, one pass broke, break broken up, uh, one fumble forced. Uh, he had a good day. Butch Pau, four solos, six total, a tackle for loss, tackle for loss for Corbin Kofusi. It was a sack. Yeah, that sack was big. That was big. It uh, forced him to change their strategy on how they could make that. They didn't score after that sack. They missed the field goal. BYU 31, UNLV 21. Our final Rebels fall to 4-6. and six. BYU improves 2-3-8. and eight. And some good feelings heading back home to take on UMass next Saturday, Senior Day. Much more to come from Las Vegas. Coming up next, Jason Shepard with Post and Post Game Live. That's next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The clock has hit zero, and this one is in the books. It's time for Cougar Postum Post Game Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Postum, there's a reason. Post game coverage is also brought to you by Provo Land Title. In 1966, we started with a simple goal service. 50 years later, that goal is now a tradition. And by America First Credit Union, Utah's number one credit union and your winning financial team. Now, let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Enjoy it, Cougar fans. BYU goes into UNLV. They remain undefeated all time facing the Rebels in Las Vegas. 9-0 now after tonight's 31-21 victory. It is the third win on the season for BYU. Welcome in to Cougar Postum Post Game Live. If you'd like to tweet in, and by the way, Lots of positive tweets coming in from Cougar fans tonight. They enjoyed watching and listening to this one. If you'd like to chime in, at JSN Shep, we'll get to some of your tweets. In fact, this one in from Jedi Master Wiley says, Relief, simply relief, progress, good things happened, happy to see a win. And yeah, there were a lot of good things that happened in this victory. Obviously, Joe Critchlow getting his very first start uh, of his career Played really well, very efficient, 14 of 22 for 160 yards and a touchdown. But honestly, the story of the night is the rushing attack from BYU, specifically from Squally Canada. 25 rushes, 213 yards, and a touchdown. 213 yards, obviously a career high for him, as Greg Rubel uh, mentioned on the broadcast and tweeted out. Eighth highest uh, in BYU history. Averaged eight and a half yards per carry. He was the reason that BYU won this game tonight. You knew that UNLV's defense was struggling to stop the run, and BYU took advantage of it. Congratulations to Squally Canada after an up-and-down season to be able to have a night like this, setting a career high. Absolutely fantastic. He was uh, he was money tonight. When BYU needed those yards, absolutely gave it to him. Uh, this tweet coming in from at uh, hcollier88. Love the play calling from Ty Detmer tonight. Love the shots that were taken downfield, and they stuck to the run game. That's what I'm talking about. And that was one of the things that I thought about going into this game was whoever this, and we didn't know that it was Joe Critchlow until obviously right before the kickoff, but I, I expected whoever got the start tonight at quarterback, you're going to see a simplified but yet still aggressive 
offense. And that's what we saw. I thought all of the play calling from, from Coach Detmer really played to the strengths of the team. And it was, it was good to see, obviously, fans, um, fans excited about what they saw tonight. Let's see. Uh, at Elder Mars says, winning is much better than not winning. Uh, that would be the Captain Obvious tweet of the night. Uh, at, at Sean Howard, 1985. Uh, and by the way, taking advantage of the new 280 characters on Twitter. Great win tonight by BYU football. MVP of the game has to go to Squally Canada. Over 200 yards rushing. Critchlow did great in his first start. So happy to win. And we may have found a QB who can throw the ball deep and accurate. That was, you know, we saw many times where Critchlow wasn't just the uh, the short yardage passes. Obviously, he took his uh, his shots down the field. Now there were a couple of times where you know just a little bit out of bounds, uh, but all in all. There, there's really not much to complain about with what you saw to Joe Critchlow in his very first start. Let's update you on a couple of other games uh, tonight in college football. One still going on. Fourth quarter, 123 to go in this game. Stanford has the ball and the lead looking to upset number nine Washington. The Cardinal at home have an eight-point lead at 30 to 22 that game now with 117 to go so the cardinal looking to upset the number nine team in the country final from earlier tonight it was temple with a win on the road at cincinnati 35 to 24 let's join kalani satake he's addressing the the media after tonight's win down in las vegas here's coach satake um so really excited about his progress that he's made since the beginning when he got home from the mission not long ago so Offensively, did some good things. I thought we were to run the ball. And um, I mentioned earlier in the week that we had to own the front. You know, I didn't, I didn't think we did well enough on defense. Um, but, um, you know, did enough to win. I mean, uh, I'd just like to see us uh, stop the run more and be more effective on defense. But overall, good, good team win and uh, stop them when it mattered. So, any questions? Offensive line was pretty impressive tonight. What, what was the key there? I think they, they've been pretty good all year. You know, we just we just haven't had. Um, I think Squally finally is uh, 100%, and he's seeing the field a lot better. Um, yeah, he's patient with the run, and um, we've had a lot of shakeup at the running back position, mostly because of, of health issues. But uh, it was nice to have some consistency and and have him just you know feed him the ball. So I, I thought it was uh, it was good. It's a good move forward for us, and wish we could have done this earlier. But I'm just happy that it came along. At what point did you decide to go with uh, Joe as starter? Well, during the week, we just didn't think that Bo was going to be ready. And, um, you know, I, I think that uh, his health is what matters, too, you know. So uh, I, I, don't, I think he was willing to get out there and play hurt, but I'm not sure if that would have helped our team and wouldn't have helped him. So just decided against it with Ty. And, uh, you know, we'll see how, how everything goes now. But Joe did a great job side of the trenches holding a guy like Lexington Thomas as, as their running back as low as you did just what was working so well in that front seven well I think our guys just rallied and played hard I think we didn't get pushed back as much as as, as before you know and got a lot of yards and got some they they tested our corners downfield a lot and um you know I think we uh we have to we have to make better plays down on, on, the, on the ball especially on the, the deep routes with our corners and safeties but uh, I think I mentioned before the D-line can control that. We missed missed some sacks and missed some opportunities to make sacks, and then uh, it cost us in, in coverage. Looks like Squally's playing better, but it also looks like your offensive line is 
playing better for Squally in the, in the run game. You know, O-line seems to be good in pass protection all year, but mm-hmm. it seems like they're doing better opening up some holes for Squally. I think they'd rather run block if, rather than pass pro, you know, so um, I think that's what they like doing, and, and uh, you know, I, I think having consistency in the backfield is something that would really help the O-line out, and um, yeah, they're just, just glad that we were able to get, get some runs and keep, them, get, keep things balanced for our, our team. Squally was a little bit banged up earlier in the season, but even compared to last year when he was healthy, he looks like he's much more effective, patient, quicker, stronger. What do you think has been the biggest uh, factor in his improvement? Oh, he's a hard worker, you know, and, and uh, we knew going into the season that we had something special with him. It just um, he just had some really bad luck when it came to his injuries and, and his health. And so, um, you know, I, I obviously want him to stay healthy and, and uh, you know, being able to have multiple running backs helps us out, but it's more important to have consistency. And I thought he and Austin did a good job. You know, their their footballs on the ground I wasn't really happy with, so our ball security needs to improve. And, and uh, especially we're going to run the ball that many times. But um, yeah, I, overall I thought they did a good job of the running game. I thought the running backs did blitz pick up really good and pass pro as well. So it was, it was overall good. I, thought, I like the team. I like the, the way offense played. I like the team the way the team played. So just glad we got the win. Joe play well enough to earn the start next week. Well, um, yeah, I, that's what I think. I mean, we'll see. Uh, he didn't make it. He didn't give the game away, and um, I'm not sure. Well, I, I don't think he threw any picks or anything like that. And he actually put the ball on some spots where only our guys could catch it. Even the ones where they're incomplete, I thought he was really safe with where he threw it. You know, and uh, he showed a lot of poise in the pocket. I thought he used the pass pro really well and moved his feet really well. And there are times that guys were coming free at him, and he was able to. To drift back, I think the the throw to level was one of one of those um, those moments where he was able to just lose some ground and, and gain more time. So, um, yeah, I can't believe this guy has, has grown a lot in the last couple months. And he was, I mean, he was knocking on doors a few months ago. First road win of the year. How happy are the guys in that visiting locker room? Oh, just really happy. I mean, just winning can can heal a lot of a lot of uh, wounds. And right now we were you know, we were wounded. We were having problems, and um, we're just. You know, we're just trying to get wins, and so I think this is a good step. And now we just need to get the next one and be ready again. So, just really proud of the way our guys played. But they've the effort's been there all year long. It's just it's nice to put it all together. Seemed like you came out of this one healthy too. Finally, yeah. I mean, I ought to go check. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember seeing guys on the ground or that we had to take guys off the field with our trainers. So that was nice. How much does uh, how much do injuries affect just the the chemistry, the lineup, the flow? How hard is it to coach through thirty plus guys getting knocked around? Well, I mean, I, I, I hate using injuries as an excuse, but that, that's the timing and the reps all go to certain people. I mean, if I would have known that we had that Tanner and and Bo would have been out, you know, or had injuries all season long, that I would have prepared our third and fourth quarterback more, you know, but. There's only so many reps that can go around, but we've we've been hit a lot of different positions. But uh, it's it's great for the young guys to step up and guys that weren't uh, planning on getting a lot of reps to step up and get some valuable experience for us that we can utilize for that for this team next year. Good. Anything else? You guys winning or you guys winning in the casino? Or what? <laughs> no. I have to live vicariously through you guys because I can't I can't gamble. You know. All right, that was the head coach of the BYU Cougars, Kalani Satake, obviously very excited after his team picks up its third win of the season, defeating UNLV tonight, 31-21. to Let's quickly pause 10 seconds for station ID on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. 
You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates war memories. Learn more at postum.com. Coming up, we'll update you on some scores in college basketball. And if there's an opportunity to get some more post-game reaction from Sam Boyd Stadium, we'll do that as well. In fact, before we hit break, let's head back down to Sam Boyd Stadium. Squally Canada addressing the media. Hey, God is good. I said my prayer this week. I picked up my Bible, started reading the book of Genesis, talked to my dad, and look, hey, he blessed me. So, and shout out to my family. I finally got to sit down with my family, my mom, my dad, my two sisters for the first time since my cousin's funeral. So we sat down this week. Father was in the room, man, it felt good to be with them, and I felt good to put on the show for them. Uh, Kalani said you're finally healthy. How big a factor was that into your performance? Uh, it feels, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big factor. Um, when you're healthy, you can do the things that you need to do to succeed. And when you're not healthy, you don't do those things that you need to, to win and finish the runs. And me just being healthy just gave me that extra boost. On that one, did you think you were going to take it to the house? I did, but I'm going I'm to tell you guys something. Uh, growing up, I always took those to the house. And the reason why was my dad taught me something. Never look back. There's a story in the Bible about Sodom and Gomorrah. The lady looked back and she died. And so he told me, when you're running, never look back. Always look forward. So I was running. I'm like, oh, I'm finna house this. Let me see how fast I'm running. I look back. I'm like, oh, they, they, they I don't know how close they was, but I'm pretty sure if I would have just kept running and just focused on what's in front of me, I would have scored. So that's a, that's a life lesson to the kids. Never look back. Always look forward. On the field, just what was working for you so well? It looked like your cuts were a little bit crisper. Your vision was a little bit better. You were getting behind your blockers a little better. I mean, just just what was working kind of tactically, stylistically, I guess? Well, it was a, I ran the same as last week. I just happened to get double the carries. Last week I had 12. This week I had 24. So was it 24, 25? 20, 20, some, all right, well, I ran the same. The offense blocked the same. The O-line blocked the same. I just got more carries, so it just paid off. Do you feel like you're a different running back than you were last year? Oh, yeah, completely. Um, I'm more, I want to say more confident. I'm just, I'm finally getting in the mesh with my O-line. I um, finally figured out what Jamal was talking about, just going out there and just being yourself. So I'm just being myself, and I'm getting in the mesh with my O-linemen, and they're getting a great push up front, and that's the result. What was your confidence level as far as the offense and Joe, his first start, and uh, what did you think of his performance tonight? I think Joe came out there and did really good for his first start. Um, he came out, he had to get warm, overthrew a couple balls, whatever. But I came, I talked to Matt Bushman and Micah and Jonah and just told him, look, it's his first start, we got to make the tough plays, we got to make the tough runs. So let's make him right, and let's make the game easier for him. So us making the game easier for him, he got in his groove, and he started completing passes. He looked good. First road win of the year for you guys. How happy is that visiting locker room? Uh, it felt good to, to get our first road win, but we still got two more games, and um, I'm just trying to enjoy these last two games with my sen- with the seniors. I'm never going ever. I don't. I ain't gonna say ever, but as of this year, I probably will never play with uh, Tijon and Tooney and Ken and um, uh, all other seniors, Jonah and the defensive seniors, Fred. So I'm just trying to enjoy these last two games with them and make memories. When you're grinding out yards, picking up chunks, and they sub you out to give you a breather, and you don't want to come out, how's that received on the sidelines? 
Uh, it's funny. They 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 starting to see the side of me in high school. My head coach would do something like that. Don't take me out the game. I'm in my groove. And they all uh, no. We know we just want to make you mad. You run better when you mad. So um, it's a it's it's just a it's a mutual feeling. They know I want to stay in the game, but they know if they take me off a little bit, they'll I'll run better. So it's those kind of things just to keep me on edge. All right, the star of the night, Squally Canada, career high, 213 rushing yards. Congratulations to him and the Cougars on their 31-21 victory over UNLV. We'll have more of Cougar Post and Post Game Live next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Joe Critchlow addressing the media in Las Vegas. Let's join in. Easier to, to read. You're pretty pumped right now. How happy are the guys in the locker room after your first road win of the year? It felt really good. I would say we've had a lot of challenges and disappointments this year, so to be able to, to come to Vegas on the road, get this big win, and then, and then celebrate in the locker room, everyone was amped. We're, we're all so excited and ready to go. What does a win like this do for you moving forward now with two more games to go? I feel like we definitely won tonight, but there were a lot of opportunities that I can I can learn from, a lot of mistakes that I made that I can I can grow from. And granted, this is my first start, and I have a lot more time here. I hope to be able to improve on that and continue to get better and better. Oleva's catch that didn't look like a catch at first, and then touchdown. What? The, how did that kind of spark you guys? That... Oh, that felt great to get a score right before half, knowing that we were going to get the ball in the second half was really, really big for the momentum of the team. Honestly, when I threw the ball, I thought maybe I threw it a little far, but Oleva made a great play, got his foot down, and it really boosted our offense. Coming into the game today, what what do you think you were most concerned about? Mm-hmm. I would say the the speed of the game, really. I've gotten a few reps earlier in the season, but a whole start collectively was something that I hadn't experienced. And I and I was really I was aware that I would need to be able to overcome some adversity. And I felt like I, I did a pretty good job of that. I had some nerves in the beginning of the game, but our whole team really came together and our offense really started clicking. All right, that was Joe Critchlow. Got the start, his first career start. Also gets his first career victory, 31-21. BYU defeating UNLV. Welcome back in to Cougar Postum Post Game Live. You know, this is the broadcaster side of me. This is the media guy in me. One of the things that I love most about Joe Critchlow is when you're asking him a question, there's kind of a little pause afterwards. He, he takes in the question, pauses, and then he talks about it. He's he's very thoughtful in listening to your question and then giving you a response. So, you know, from from a media guy, that, that's uh, that's pretty cool for uh, for the freshman. Uh, let's update you on some other uh, scores in college basketball. And don't forget, BYU men's basketball beginning the regular season tomorrow night. That's a game you'll hear right here on the network. They're hosting Mississippi Valley State. It's a game that will tip off at the Marriott Center at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You'll hear it here on BYU Radio and the New Skin BYU Sports Network, as well as you can see it on BYU TV. I will have pregame coverage for you at 8 p.m. Eastern time. But it was also the first regular season game for the BYU women's basketball team. They were hosting Southern Utah. It went into overtime, and the Cougars prevail and start the season 1-0. They win 75-67 over the T-Birds. Cassie Broadhead DeVagere with 25 points to lead all scores. Uh, some top 25 scores. And we'll start with number five, Kentucky. They were hosting, you guessed it, 
Utah Valley University. And at one point, as a matter of fact, at halftime, UVU actually had a lead on the road at Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky would pull away. The Wildcats end up winning by 10 by a score of 73 to 63. But a, a valiant effort by UVU on the road. Isaac Nielsen, former Cougar, finishing the night with 10 points. Eight rebounds and two steals. Postum has been the perfect family drink for more than 120 years. There's a reason Postum creates warm memories. Learn more at postum.com. We'll have more of Cougar Postum postgame live coming up after this year final. 31-21, BYU defeats UNLV on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU gets the win, 31-21. Micah Handeman, safety for the Cougars, addressing the media. The pass a lot, so that was fun. A little bit easier to kind of maintain a lead because they made a run at you guys a couple times, but each time you were able to kind of reset and, and regroup and kind of kind of stop the run with the comeback. Just how much easier, I guess, was it to play with the lead like that? Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole mentality is different when you're playing with a with a nice lead, and as well as when you get more break on the sideline when the offense is, you know, converting third downs and, and getting first downs, and um, it's just it feels it feels like. Now that we played like that, it's like, man, why haven't we been playing like that the, the whole season, you know? And there's obviously some things that, that we need to do better still, but. What was your exception that Zane made in the end zone? How, how big was that in kind of getting you guys confident? Oh, yeah, that was huge early in the game. And coming, coming out of that drive without them scoring any points, um, I feel like that was one of the biggest plays of the game for sure, momentum-wise. What was your expectations from the offense considering Joe's getting his first start? Oh well, we're excited to to see Joe and Joe. Joe's been working, you know. He's he's in there every single practice, working just as much as the other QBs. And he was excited, and the offense was excited. So I'm 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 happy for him, you know, and I'm happy for for his future as well over here. So, wonder if you could walk me through a couple of plays. The first play was the. Uh pass in the end zone, in the south end zone that you got your hands on early, got two hands on it, almost intercepted, it made a nice break on the ball. And the other play I'm wondering if you could walk through is the one where you tried to undercut it, but it just got over you. You could just walk through those. I know. Those those ones hurt. They hurt a little bit less since we got the win, which has been the opposite the past couple of games, but just this barely missed timing, you know, just just inches away. On that on that first one, I feel like I kind of hesitated a little bit and looked at the receiver and took my eyes off the ball, which made it so that I wasn't close enough to the ball. And then that second one, I just got too excited because I, I had known the route and studied it in film, and I knew it was coming, and I just ran up too too fast on it and threw it over my head. So, What can this win do for you guys with just two games left? I mean, our, 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 our record is what it is, so we're just playing every single game, you know, trying to have fun. And it's always good to, to have a W, so this win feels good. Thank you. That was Micah Hanneman. Welcome back in to Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Jason Shepard with you. BYU gets the victory. They win by 10, 31-21 at Sam Boyd Stadium. They now improve to 9-0 all-time against UNLV in Las Vegas. Again, the big storylines tonight. Joe Critchlow getting his very first start, 160 yards passing, 14 of 22, and a touchdown, a passer rating of 139.7. A very nice uh, starting debut for Joe Critchlow, but the story of the night was the play of Squally Canada. 25 rushes, 
213 yards, a career high, as well as a touchdown. Uh, he averaged eight and a half yards per carry, and uh, he was just absolutely on fire tonight. Also, a nice game from uh, Austin Kofensis. Ten rushes for 53 yards and one touchdown. In fact, I got this tweet uh, from at Michael Dahl. It says, great to see the first career TD by Austin Kofensis. Still hope to see the fake draw uh, the fake draw from the Wildcat and see Detmer allow him to pass the ball. Then he says, hashtag Digger Pride. Obviously, fan of the Jordan Beat Diggers where uh, Austin uh, played quarterback when he was in high school. Uh, I really enjoyed my conversation with him. He was my Shep Talk interview uh, that we ran during the Cougar Countdown show. Really enjoyed that conversation. and um, he is a, He's a really good fit for what BYU is looking to do. A couple of other uh, men's basketball scores to update you on from earlier tonight as a college basketball really gets in full swing. Top 25 action, number one Duke defeating Elon 97 to 68. It was number nine North Carolina on top of Northern Iowa 86 to 69. Xavier 17th in the country defeats Moorhead State 101 to 49. Arizona third ranked in the country. They win at home over Northern Arizona 101 to 67. Also number seven Wichita State. The Shockers. It's not shocking that they won. They defeat UMKC 109 to 57. That's going to do it for Cougar Postum Post Game Live. Your final score. 31-21, BYU defeats UNLV. The Cougar Locker Room Show is next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show. He's going to go! Touchdown! Let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Well, the Cougars got better as the game got longer, as Cougars win it by a score of 31-21 to over UNLV. It was a scoreless first quarter for BYU. First couple of series, just so-so, not really much going on. In fact, I think they had 17 yards uh, in, in, in the first uh, couple of series they had. Uh, and, and it was really UNLV missing opportunities to put BYU on its heels early. They, they miss a field goal, they throw a pick in the end zone, and those two sequences of events kept BYU where it needed to be before they could really kind of put things together. They scored 14 in the second quarter, took a lead before halftime, which I thought was pretty big. Coming up in a moment, we'll be talking with Zane Anderson, who had the INT in the end zone that helped turn this game in BYU's favor early. And then once it got turned, it was kind of a, a punch-and-counterpunch situation, Mark, for much of the night. Uh, BYU, though, every time UNLV made uh, a responsive uh, answer getting into the end zone the cougars came would, would come right back and keep themselves in the cushion they needed let's sit down to the cougar locker room area now i think zane anderson on headset now is that right uh not quite but they have gone to get zane so we expect him here shortly let me okay, follow, follow up on a squally canada quote there where he said that he got with all the other players and said we've got to help take some of the pressure off the quarterback critchlow and so i really thought that uh, squally did that but i i like that we talked about earlier that everybody else has to do more they have to do it their be at their best to help take some of the pressure off that young quarterback and byu did only punt one time in the second half but the interesting numbers greg uh in the first half byu rushed for 52 yards in the second half they rushed for 213 yards 
And so they By the really, way, 213 is exactly how many yards Squally rushed for. That's tonight. exactly the, that number. <laughs> and interestingly enough, the pass game suffered because of it. In the first half, they had 119 yards passing, and in the second half, BYU only threw for 41 yards, but there just wasn't the same number of attempts because the rush game was killing them. Exactly. They were playing to win the game at that point, yeah. and that's exactly what it's helping them do. Zane Anderson is on the headset with us now outside the Cougar locker room area. Big, big play for Zane would have happened and for the Cougars, the INT in the end zone. Zane Zane, good to have you on for a minute. Thanks. Hey, guys. How you doing? Doing very, very well. Zane's uh, tally tonight, the four tackles, all of them solos, and the big INT to end a UNLV drive. We all know what kind of season it's been, Zane, but you know what? A win is a win, and this venue tonight in front of these fans, the way you got it, I think it means a lot. Hope you guys are enjoying it. No, man, it means a lot. You know, we had a lot of fans out here, so it's good to get them a win. Zane, uh, great interception. Now, did you bait the quarterback just a little bit? Tell me about how uh, how that interception went down. Um, so I had the slot. I knew he was coming. He started licking his hands, and so I knew he was going to try to get the ball. So I just read it. I got a good bang by the linebacker, and I uh, kind of baited him. and was inside a little bit, so he, the quarterback could see the outside was open and just uh, went out there and got that corner. So UNLV's first three possessions go miss field goal, punt, and then your interception. So even though your offense hadn't quite figured things out yet, I'm pretty sure you guys felt as a defense, we've kept our guys where we need to be. Let's go win this thing. No, we felt great. You know, they were moving the ball down the field, but we end up stopping them on those three drives. So it's just sticking to the plan, and I thought we did a good job. You, you spend most of your week worried about one side of the ball only, but you also have to focus on how the freshman's going to do at quarterback at his first start tonight. Uh, and how, how would you kind of grade to Joe having watched him during the week and then having seen him play 60 minutes here tonight? Man, I thought he did awesome. You know, he took on that role as QB1, and it did a really good job for us. I was proud of the guy. Now, uh, you guys also uh, got challenged quite a bit on their pass game because uh, that post route was causing you some grief. Tell me why they had some success with that. Um, we, we knew they were going to try to throw on the ball, and uh, as the game went on, they kept on going at it. So um, we need to do a better job with some of those uh, posts and uh, safety groups. Um, so we'll fix that this week. UNLV had won back-to-back games coming into this week, Zane. They had just beaten a team that beat you in Fresno State at Fresno. So they were on some, uh, you know, a, a bit of a positive way. They're playing for bowl eligibility, all these kinds of things. And and what does it say about the character of this team, do you think, that you, BYU comes down, leaves the state, and, and plays the way you did tonight in front of your fans down here in Vegas? You know, it just shows that uh, we're all a team right here. We're doing it for these seniors. Um, you know, you look at this season, and it's been a rough season, but we got to finish this thing strong. I think we really showed that tonight. How about the fans that were in the stands tonight? It was half filled with the blue out there. That's got to be heartening to you. Oh, it was awesome. You know, and we were on third down, and we raise our hands to get everyone going. It was it was louder than the <laughs> Fresno people. So it's great to see yeah. some fans out here in Vegas, and um, really appreciate their support out here. Yeah. You, you're playing for the seniors, but you're among the guys who are back for more after this year. How important is it that this thing get finished out the right way so you can go into the off-season conditioning in the spring uh, with something to really build on for your next year? Oh, it's so important. We need to keep this momentum going and uh, finish this thing strong because it goes on to next year, and we know that. Uh, we got a big year next year, and we're just going to take it game by game as this year. How much did you guys enjoy your third win? How what was that locker room like tonight? Oh, it was awesome. It was electric in there. Um, everyone was happy, coaches, and so it's good to see a smile on everyone's face after a game like that. You've got one home game left. It's next Saturday, so an extra day of rest and rehab, and then it's time to really say so long to the seniors and give them a proper send-off against UMass, right? Yep, so we'll get right after them this week. 
Well, safe travels tonight. Enjoy the weekend, uh, and then we'll see you back here uh, on the field next week. Thanks, Great Zane. Great job. Appreciate it, you guys. All right, thanks a lot. That's Zane Anderson. Zane, four solo tackles in the big INT early in this game. We'll continue when we come back to Las Vegas with more of the Cougar Locker Room Show. Mark, is that the moon rising is that over the, the moon? Over That's there? just It's an orange peel out there right now. It's just a quarter of a moon, but... Man, live. That's pretty awesome. And we're, we're, we're waxing uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. kind of poetic here at uh, l- l- late night as BYU wins it by a score of 31-21 over UNLV. Uh, more of the Cougar Locker Room show after this here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU's second leading tackler on the night. Six stops, four solos, a tackle for loss. Number 38, Butch Pau'u joining us from the Cougar locker room area after the Cougars' 31-21 win over UNLV. Butch, kudos to you. Congrats to you and the boys on a nice win tonight. Thank you. We're, we're so happy right now. I mean, there's, there's just a really happy vibe that we haven't felt in a while. So it was a good victory and great to see both sides of the ball playing well. That's the thing. I mean, everyone knows how the season's gone. Everyone knows what, you know, goals either were or were not met. But ultimately, it comes down to 60 minutes on someone else's field in front of a lot of your fans needing to play a good game to get the W. And you did against a team playing some pretty good football, too. I know you guys are proud of, uh, of the resolve you showed. And uh, for tonight, it means a lot, right? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, I mean, you come off a loss, and so you come expecting to win, and you see both sides of the, the ball playing really well from the very first snap um, and so you saw the offense rolling you saw the defense rolling in the first half and we just told each other that we wanted to continue the 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 streak just continue to play hard and play well the second half and we gave us some tds but the offense had our back and we had their back at the end of the game tell me uh, butch about this uh, running back lexington thomas uh, that kid is hard to tackle one-on-one isn't he yeah he's very shifty very quick <laughs> um i mean when he gets into open space he's flying and so that was one of the things that we wanted to stop i mean we saw that on film he manages to spin out of nowhere and will manage to get 10 yards and so we were able to we were able to stop him a little i mean yeah uh, the quarterback is a good friend of mine that I played against in high school, and so I knew coming into this game that he was going to get his runs yeah. too because he's a solid quarterback, big guy, 6'2", 240. And so I'm proud of the defensive line. They they stepped up this week, and they made the job easier for the linebackers. Well, you know what their guys are saying? That's Squally Canada. He's hard to stop. Yeah, I mean, something that many people don't know is when Squally first came in, he was giving our 2015 defense a, a really hard time. And so you saw Harvey Longy and Kainakua and everyone just get on his case. <laughs> But that was a squally that, that we saw today. That was a squally that was not afraid to juke anyone, would try and run you over, and then when he broke, he'd just take one cut and get upfield. And so I'm really proud of squally today. That is a top 10 single-game rush performance at BYU. Only eight running backs or eight backs have ever had more rushing yards in a game than squally had tonight, 213 yards. Wow. Last, last two weeks, he's been good, man. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a... Good group to join. I mean, I assume Jamal is on there because he of is. his game against Toledo last year. Jason's up there. Yeah, and yeah there's, there's some big names up there, and Squally joins him tonight. So you get an extra day of, uh, of rest and rehab and work to get ready for senior day next week and keep this thing uh, hopefully rolling as you head back home, right? Exactly. Um, Fred spoke to the defense right after the game inside the locker room and said, the season isn't finished. We still have two more games. And I think... One of the things that coaches reminded us of this after like, the first couple losses that we got to start playing for the seniors and 
you saw you saw our offense do that. I mean, that fourth and one, Tijon and them were calling out the play to run behind him and Tooney and Keenan Norman, and they ran the ball and got the first down. I mean, that, those are the senior guys that have been here for a while and have put in so much work and effort, and so they go out to the field and play well. And so, I mean, if we can just continue to get this rolling, we'll, we'll continue to play well and make sure that we get more victories. Since you uh, knew Johnny or know Johnny Stanton, their quarterback, did you have a little fun with him out there on the field talking we did. to him? Well, I was talking to him trying to say hi, but he was kind of focused on the game, so I really didn't get anything <laughs> from him. But it was nice to talk to him after the game. Um, really good friend, great kid, great character, great man, and so I'm excited for him for however more games he has left uh, here at UNLV. Yeah. And, and finally, Butch, how nice was it to see so many red seats filled with blue-dressed fans? Oh, man, this this kind of reminded me of last year when we played uh, Arizona. You just saw oh. a sea of blue, and so it was so nice to see. I mean, there were some UNLV, UNLV fans that were right behind us that didn't really say much because they were amongst the BYU crowd. <laughs> and when we turned around just when we were on the field and saw the sideline and saw the sideline getting the fans going, the fans getting our sideline going, it was so much much fun so i love this i love this school and i love the fans good to have you guys happy tonight butch thank you thank yeah, you great way to go all right that's a butch Pau. we'll come back and get you ready for coach kalani sataki as we continue from vegas here on the new skin byu sports network Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Kalani Sitake is coming up. Mark, BYU 31-20 win is our final. We've heard from coaches and players live. We've talked to Zane Anderson, Butch Powell. Now we hear from you. You know, that 0-0 first quarter, I think, is where BYU won the football game hmm. because uh, that is where UNLV outscores their opponents rather drastically. They start the first quarter, they get points, and they keep their opponents from scoring. So the fact that BYU kept them scoreless and then jumped on them with those two touchdowns in the second quarter and followed with that back-to-back in the third quarter, I felt as though the 0-0 score at the end of the first quarter, stopping those two possessions that UNLV had a great opportunity to score, missed field goal, and that interception really set BYU up to be able to keep the lead in this football game. More from Vegas next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Kalani Sitake just coached his 24th game as the head coach of the BYU Cougars. His record is now 12-12, and 12, back yeah. to 500. Once upon a time, Lavelle Edwards, after his 24th game, was 12-12. 12 and 12. Whoa. Lavelle, co- Lavelle coached Kalani. We'll talk to Kalani coming up next. BYU 31, UNLV 21 is our final score. The head coach of the Cougars is with Mark and me right after this from Las Vegas here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. He walks in for six. Touchdown, Cougars. Now let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to uh, Sam Boyd Stadium here in Las Vegas, Nevada. They say 20,000 fans in the stands tonight. Mark, we'd have to guess that maybe 10,000 were wearing yeah. BYU blue out there. Pretty close to it. Uh, had to be because uh, they did a. They were just filling that whole half of that stadium over there. It was great. It was, now, it was like the bowl game. I know Kalani is more focused on the field than who's watching the game in the stands, but uh, I'm sure you got the sense out there tonight, Kalani, that you had a lot of people behind you. Oh, yeah. You, you, could, you could tell. And our, our players... Um, we're talking about it in the, in the locker room, you know, just how impressed they were with all our fans that were here. And you could hear them through the game, you know. And so um, I said it before, but I, our team feeds off of our fans. And then uh, it was really nice to have a, a home feel away, you know, and, and uh, just nice to get that win. 
Well, Kalani Sitake joining us now here from Sam Boyd Stadium. And it is your first away win of the year. And uh, whether you get them home or away, just, just win, of course. But it's really nice to be away from home, out of state, and play the way you guys did in front of so many fans who came to watch you play tonight. Yeah, and just really uh, just extremely happy and proud of our players and, uh, and our coaches, you know, for getting this win. And uh, they worked extremely hard for it. And, and um you know, it just heals a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of uh, injuries right now by winning. So, uh, hopefully, I mean, you know, literally and figuratively. I mean, we just have the um, team that's just got a lot of spark in them right now. Looking forward to the next week. The team, uh, talking about the offense, did get into a rhythm tonight. They uh, kept those drives alive. You weren't terrific on third down conversions, but you didn't have a whole lot of third downs to work with. Yeah, I, I noticed on the stat sheet that third down conversions weren't good for both sides. You know, defensively, we'd like to keep them around 30% or so and, and just gave up too many yards on, on defense. And offensively, we just uh, put ourselves in the hole and didn't, couldn't convert a few times, you know, and um, just can't keep going for it on fourth down. But uh, I'd like to get it, when we're third and manageable, we'd like to get those, those uh, first down conversions. Squally Canada rushes for 213 yards, ninth best single game mark in BYU football history. Last two games, he's been really, really good. And Joe Critchlow is the beneficiary as he wins his first ever start, joining Ty Detmer, Taysom Hill, and Tanner Mangum as the only freshman to win their first starts. Perhaps you could give us your thoughts on both Squally's performance and how Joe did in his first start at quarterback. Well, we knew going into the season that we had something special with Squally. You know, I think the main issues have been um, just his health and, and uh, just getting some consistency with him practicing and getting bulk of the reps and being the guy. And so I've been really proud of him and, and uh, this is work ethic and the ability to just stick with it, you know, and um, even last week he wasn't as healthy as he is now. So I feel like he's he ran the ball with a lot more aggression uh, tonight, and I was really proud of him. And the O-line needs a lot of credit for the way they blocked and opened up holes for him. And tight ends and receivers did a good job blocking downfield. And uh, Joe Critchlow, <clears throat> as a true freshman, just showed a lot of poise. I think sometimes you just have to give guys a chance and let them roll. You know, I, um, I, I was really proud of him. I, I was really impressed with his composure and his poise on the field. And, whether he uh, was, you know, would buy time with using his legs and uh, against a zero pressure, you know, or, or whether he would just use the pocket and his presence in the pocket or just make the right checks the line of scrimmage for the run game. I, I thought he did a, a good job. Now, it wasn't perfect. There's some issues that he probably pulled and threw the ball when he should have handed it off and on third and two. I just remember specifically that he should have handed that one off instead he threw the bubble a little high, you know. But, yeah. um, but I, he wasn't perfect, but he was really... Uh, composed and uh, showed true leadership on the field well he didn't make a painful mistake that's that was the good thing you know and uh, so and then all the other parts he did quite well yeah and he protected the football I think even in his throws he, he put it in, in spots where um, you know where only our guy could catch it and if he did um, you know it was close to being out of bounds but it just he protected the football and protected our, our, our turnovers you know so um, just really, I was really pleased with him. He took easy throws when they were there, mm-hmm. didn't force a lot of things downfield, and, and uh, made a few um, bad throws. But the throws were bad, were good enough where they didn't didn't hurt us and didn't get picked. No turnovers for BYU, no giveaways, and you win a lot of games with zero turnovers. And you end up plus two, a pick early in the game, and then a pick to seal it late 
as well. Plus 23 yards in average starting field position as well. Your average starting field position was your own 41. UNLV's was its own 18. When you're at plus 23, you're not losing that football game generally. One more thing before the break. How important was it to you to have your guys go into the halftime locker room leading 14-7 to with 11 making that great play on a really nice ball from Joe right before halftime? Well, I think it's huge, especially because uh, you named that statistic that keeps us undefeated when we go in with the lead at halftime. But um, also just getting that momentum, you know, and, and uh, knowing that we were going to get the ball in the second half and just uh, our guys just felt good about um, their effort and everything that was going well. It was easy to make corrections when you're, when you're ahead. And, um, you know, I'm just glad that these guys stuck with it and were able to win the game in the second half as well. An interesting turn of events happened in that uh, just before that pass to Hifo. Uh, there was the review that took quite a while, and everybody talked it over. You guys came out to run a play and then took time out. And then uh, came out to run a play, and just before the snap, UNLV calls time out. You went ahead and ran the play as if it were going to happen. That, tell me what you were thinking in all of those experiences. Well, um, things just kind of went went our way for once, <laughs> you know. Where um, we ran a play, and I had no idea that the, that they took a timeout. I think we ran a full play and yeah. even completed the ball, you know. So I, it was nice that they called timeout, and gave us a, a, some extra time. But yeah. um, just just glad that Eleva made those plays. Our, our receivers made some really good plays and had some good routes out there. And you know, Matt Bushman ran some good routes, and our guys just just overall played a good game on offense. And I was really proud of them. We'll take a break. We'll come back and get Kalani's closing comments before he heads on the bus and they get on an airplane to head back home tonight. BYU 31, UNLV 21 is our final. BYU now 9-0 against UNLV here in Las Vegas. They kept it going tonight. We're talking about it with the coach after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 31, UNLV 21, tonight's final here at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, as I mentioned with Kalani during our coach's show this past week at uh, BYU TV, uh, there was a time we would call this stadium Lavelle Edwards Stadium South because of how many times BYU played down here and how well they would play down here. And Kalani, there was kind of that vibe again tonight, and I hope the fans who uh, are maybe listening to us and driving home tonight, uh, hearing us on the radio, uh, know how much of an impact they had on, on, on you guys and, and the way you guys played tonight. Oh, definitely, and, and I can tell you that um, our fans have so much power. You know, they, they, they uh, give us, through their passion and their energy, it, it, it helps the team. I mean, I remember these moments just like the Cincinnati game last year, you know, where you just it's so impressive to see all our fans there and, and uh, it was just really nice a good sight to see for our players and they, they really fed, fed off of that and uh, they enjoyed the game I mean it was really loud for our, for our on our side and um, just just very thankful for our fans and um, just hope that they know how much we appreciate as a team and uh, and our, I just want to echo the second sentiment of our players how how impressed they were and how they just love our fans and just love playing for them. Yeah, it was cool to have everybody there. It was nice. Coach, you, you made more than two decisions tonight, but there's two decisions that uh, I am going to ask you about. Uh, hopefully you can remember both of them. But uh, one was the fourth and one, and you ran the quarterback sneak with Critchlow. And in that drive, you know, it was okay field position, but in that drive you ended up getting a touchdown out of that, which was a pretty big deal. Yeah, and I think everybody was telling me to punt it because that's that was the right thing to do and pin them deep mm-hmm. on that. But um, I don't know. Maybe it was being in Vegas and not being able to gamble and just uh, <laughs> doing it on the field. I, I remember saying one time at the Blue Bash that I uh, we can't gamble, but we like gambling on the field. And I thought that wasn't that bad of a gamble. You know, yeah. we have a, a strong old line. The interior three are all seniors and, and re- return starters. And 
um, you know, the key was whether Joe could get through on that on that quarterback sneak. But I thought he did a great job with it, and um, yeah, it just didn't seem like that big of a gamble when we took it. Now, if it failed, then I would be yeah. an idiot right now. <laughs> now, the other choice was uh, when you chose to go ahead and go for it, uh, or at least throw a pass into the end zone on a fourth down play where you were probably in pretty good field goal position ahead by 10 points at the time. Yeah, just uh, just thinking about being ahead 10 and if the risk of kicking a field goal and having it go against us, especially if yeah. they know that we're trying to kick a field goal, if they get a block or something just like that. Maybe I'm too negative, but just thinking how it could really hurt us. But um, also thinking that if we could, uh, whatever the play is, if we could throw or run, and protect uh, the, the the ball you know that if we did if we failed at it um we could at least have them pinned up and i think they were around the 10 or 11 yard line and just really felt good about our our opportunities of defense to make them get get all that that mm-hmm. space and try to keep them from scoring i, I really felt confident that our, our guys could do it and uh if we go up if we kick a field goal we go up by um two scores but it's just two touchdowns that yeah. you know i just didn't think that it was really um worth it and we're not worth the risk if we kick the field goal and have something go bad i mean with a snap there's a lot of things that could go wrong and um you know i don't know if the throw was actually what i would have wanted i'd rather them run the ball but i thought joe was protecting the ball and put it in a place where only mike could catch it or it was incomplete and so just thankful that our quarterback didn't um didn't get too selfish and understood what we were trying to do with, with the game now i'll tell you one other thing you might consider in that situation is if you're up by 10, they kick a field goal and tie. When you're up by 13, they have to go for a second touchdown, and you can lose. So, you know, when they if, if it were to be a touchdown and a field goal, they tie it and you go overtime. But if you're ahead by 13, then they have to go for two touchdowns, which you could end up losing. So I thought that was an interesting thought to throw out. Yeah, but, I mean, just them being pinned back on the 10-yard yeah, line, I just thought 90 yards for them to go and, and then if they were to get an onside kick is what they would have to because they had no timeouts at all. And, yeah, it was, you know, it was a long shot. Yeah, and just trying to just trying to really protect what we were doing and also looking at, you know, we missed a field goal earlier, especially from from that hash. And so I uh, just thought that is probably the, you know, for us. And offense wanted to go for it, so why not give it a, ch- give it a shot? Before the game, you told us that uh, Bo wasn't cleared to go, Hodge, that is. Uh, and, and, of course, you'll be riding. Are you going to ride Joe the rest of the way here? Does Bo make it back, or is pretty much Joe your guy to, for the end of the season here? Well, I mean, we're still evaluating Bo, but I, I it, you know, it didn't look good for the game uh, tonight, and I'm not sure how it's going to look. I'll probably have more uh, more on it on Monday. and um, But uh, we feel good about where Joe's going right now yeah. and got to keep the momentum and but um, we're more concerned with, with Bo's health and seeing if he can be 100%. I just don't know if he'll be 100% by next week. Right. And then uh, on top of that, it didn't seem like much happened in the game that was negative from an injury standpoint during the game tonight. Uh, are we pretty clean? Yeah, thank goodness. I mean, yeah. well, it didn't, it, we didn't have to um, stop the game to get somebody to come off the field. But we had some, you know, some uh, a few banged-up guys, but nothing that was um, out of the ordinary for, well, for us, it was just nice to have guys that just banged up and not yeah. um, injured. Well, it's one more extra day uh, with playing next Saturday. You'll be back home. It's senior day. So for a lot of guys, that'll be it in Provo. And you are playing for seniors right now. And then hopefully you can keep this thing rolling as you come back home and get some fans at, uh, Pro- at Lavelle Edwards Stadium to support your seniors on their final day against UMass next week. Definitely. And, and guys like Fred Warner, four-year starter, Tijon Karoma, a lot of these seniors that uh, love their fans and 
love the opportunity to wear the Y and to represent BYU. They're they're looking forward to this game. It'll be a, a game at one one in the afternoon. So looking forward to seeing all our fans there for the last time. You know, at, at home in Lavelle Edwards Stadium and. 2017 and, and uh, looking forward to seeing everybody and, and putting on a good show. Well, it was a nice way to start this, this stretch run, knowing you want to win it out, win out. and uh, congratulations for this evening. We'll see you back in town, and uh, safe travels. Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. Yep, good All right, job. Thanks, Kalani. That's head coach Kalani Sitake. We'll come back with much more from Las Vegas as we continue. Cougar Nation now is coming up. We'll hear from head coach Tony Sanchez of UNLV as well as we return to Sam Boyd Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions at Greg Rubel using the hashtag BYUCNN. Now, let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling broadcast booth and join Mark Lyons along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome to BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. Email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. It's brought to you by the good people at the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. The scoop is ice cream. We'll give away some free ice cream later in the program. All right, BYU 31, UNLV 21 is our final score. Let's use the first segment of Cougar Nation now to hear from uh, Tony Sanchez, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. His team falls to BYU here in Vegas tonight. Intern Tommy, Tommy Johnson, was outside the Rebel locker room area and got these comments from Coach Sanchez a short time ago. Yeah, sure. Um, obviously disappointed in the outcome. Uh, felt like there's a lot of things that um, we just did not do well at times in the game. Um, that first court, quarter really hurt us. We were able to move the ball down the field, and twice we had opportunities for points and uh, didn't get, uh, didn't even get field goals out of that. You know, uh, we, we took a sack, you know, um, which was a tough deal. Made it a, a longer field goal, and um, you know, again, you got to execute. You got to put points on the board in those situations. They come back, you, you know, to kind of bite you at the end. Um, you know, defensively, we came out, played well early in the game, and then we never really found ourselves after that. You know, we really struggled down the stretch, stopping the run. I think they had a rusher who rushed for over 200 yards. Um, that can't happen. You know, we had to force them to throw the football. Um, again, with their quarterbacks being out, that's something that we felt like was really, really important to us. And, and we had plenty of opportunities down the stretch. You know, we, we scored at the end, and, you know, we end up with an unfortunate situation where we get a penalty and we're kicking off from a bad spot. Um, we've got an opportunity for an easy interception. We don't execute it at the end. And, you know, they end up making it a two-score game rather than us getting the ball back with one score to go. We knew it would be a dogfight. We knew it would be a tough game. Um, and, and, and that's exactly what it was. So um, we've got to clean a lot of little things up and, uh, and get ready for these last two. Do you feel like, especially with the game more on their offensive line, way more down your defensive front? You know what? I would say, honestly, when you got into about that second quarter, I mean, when you got middle of that second quarter, I mean, we won, the, I think, the time of possession in the first half by like seven or eight minutes. We should have been fresh. And they really, I mean, I believe they had... Got the last, what, they had three drives in a row. I believe they were almost 80 yards, 75 or 80 yards, and we've got to get stops, and we just didn't do it. They were more physical than we were. I thought they played a little harder than we did. Why punt uh, with five minutes left down 10? We have three timeouts. 
you know, so if you get a stop, you get the ball back, and you know, you, you got to you got you got to score twice, right? So in that situation, and it worked out perfectly. If we end up getting a stop down there, and you got to you got to execute an onside kick. So um, if you give up a score down there, another score, especially a touchdown, then the game's over. So you, you, that, that was the whole concept behind that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think it's been an emotional couple of weeks for our guys. Um, and our guys played hard. It's not like they didn't play hard. I mean, we watched the game. They played, I mean, we gave ourselves opportunities to win it. I just felt like they were more physical at the point of attack than we were. That timeout on third and four um, on that incomplete pass, and then the very next play they got the 11 yard touchdown heading into halftime. What kind of went into that touchdown? Uh, went into that timeout? Was that I got a call from the box saying timeout, timeout. So you know, I mean, you know, the you know, they yelled at me that we got a call timeout because we didn't like the way we were lined up, and we just run out and called timeout. We struggled with that, you know, and I know he's been injured and, you know, he's been struggling a little bit and, you know, he did look good in practice this week and we just didn't execute it real well out there. So we got to do a better job in that. And, you know, injury might be part of it. And part of it too is just toughness and execution. You already mentioned the drop interception, but um, with BYU uh, 21 to 14, that five minute or that five play 75 yard drive. Can you talk about how demoralizing that was on the sideline for the team? We don't think about that stuff. I mean, you go out there and you just know you got to go back out there and execute. You know, I mean, there's, there, those, you know, unfortunately, shouldn't happen. You know, we need to get a stop there, but nobody during the game thinks about demoralization. And you had the long drive, and then Johnny throws a pick in the end zone. How, I mean, how much of a turning point was that? Um, it, it was big. I mean, it's you know, it's there's a couple things going on with those reads that are kind of frustrating. You know, and. Um, you know, again, you've got points on the board. So, I mean, when you look at it, again, those first two drives are really, really crucial. And, again, that situational awareness. You have to know that you don't have to force the ball there. I mean, he's not open. You throw it away. You kick your three. It's early in the game, you know. And, uh, and again, we took a sack on one time that made it a real long field goal that, that we missed. And then we had another opportunity down there where we filled the pick. And, you know, those six points really could have helped later on in the game. So, we knew every possession was going to be important. Did you come in planning for a stand to play the whole way or was it just no? Yeah, we came and planned for him to play the whole way. Yeah. That first touchdown drive um, for Lex. Uh, Lex struggled to begin the, to begin the game, but he pretty much led that first touchdown drive. Can you talk about how? All right, a little more UNLV specific stuff there, but uh, I think we got most of the stuff yeah. we wanted to hear about uh, his thoughts on how BYU played and their reaction to BYU's performance tonight. Uh, any feedback from you, Mark, before we take a break on that? Well, I like uh, how poised he was. He was pretty straight up. Uh, the only thing he needs to put in there is to compliment your opponent. Uh, that would be one of the things that you want to do. But uh, uh, So I'm still looking at him, even though this is his third year, as uh, you know, he's, he's getting any college coaching experience right now on the fly as the head coach. And so I thought he did a pretty nice job in responding to everything. All right, that's uh, Tony Sanchez, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. They fall to four and six. So to make that first pool of bowl eligibility team, Teams, they'll need to win out on the road at New Mexico and at Nevada in their final two games. BYU's got two games left as well, one home and one road. They'll be home to UMass on Saturday, week from tomorrow, and then playing uh, in Hawaii to end the season. Well, with BYU running for 260 yards uh, and New Mexico, who is really a run-happy football team, uh, they really have to shore up their run defense. We'll take a break, come back, and hear from you, good people. Cougar Nation, it's Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now. You can reach us on Twitter with the hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN. That's for BYU Cougar Nation now. Or you can drop us an email if you're up this late. It's really late, folks. I get it. It's uh, it's 12.08 here, so it's 1.08 Ooh, back it's in Utah. Who's up? Who's even up with us at this point? All right, we'll take a break. If you are up with us, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter or email 
CougarNation now at BYU.edu. We'll kick it around until you're asleep. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. KBYU FM, HD2, Provo. You're listening to Cougar Sports on BYU Radio. Greg Rubel, Mark Lyons, Nate Mickle here in our broadcast booth at Sam Boyd Stadium that is uh, is quickly emptying. Well, I shouldn't say quickly. It took a long time for it to get to this stage, but we're now we're just that the media and the facilities people are left here in the press box. Greg and Mark and Nate. Nate joined us up here in the booth after leaving the Cougar locker room area. We'll get Nate's feedback from the locker room here in a second. As we tell you that this is BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, or email CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Melissa on the Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. Props to the O-line tonight, she says. Those long runs and yards are thanks to you. O-line deserves massive credit, she says, and she is spot on. Right. Yep, she's right. I really liked how uh, Squally made a nice run and uh, came back and tapped uh, Karoma on the back because uh, Tijon was the guy that got up there in the middle and pushed this guy out of the way, and Squally followed him right up the pipe and did a nice job. So uh, I like that the back pays attention to that's who's the, the guy that's making him have a good living. UNLV's average attendance before tonight was 17,000 this year. They got 20,000 tonight, and uh, much of those fan, many of those fans were in uh, were in BYU Blue, as we've talked about uh, on many different occasions tonight with different people. That was a cool thing to see. And, and again, I don't want to you know beat this point to death, but uh, nobody sweats too much in the particular moments. The fact that you know it's two and eight team, it's your team, and you're supporting your team that's playing well and making plays against the home team. And uh, in those moments, you're just uh, you know you're 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 rolling with it and uh, happy to be where you are and cheering who you're cheering for and uh, just one of those uh, one of those good nights. I can imagine if you're a baseball team and you're like twenty and eighty or something <laughs> and you just know you're terrible, you get a win in baseball and you think ah oh, whatever it doesn't really yeah. matter. But football is so emotionally physically, psychologically demanding that every win, no matter your record, it's great. Those guys right now on the bus, they don't care. I mean, they care. But, like, in this moment, they don't care about the record. They won. They're happy. Tomorrow they'll feel bad about the record overall. But a win is just amazing in football. What can you tell us that you haven't told us yet tonight about your experience on the field and around the guys in the locker room uh, postgame? I've noticed that there's a, a pretty good number of guys on the sideline that are really trying to liven up the sideline and try to turn it into a little bit of a party down there. And I think that's something that Kalani and the coaches would embrace. There hasn't been a lot to cheer about this year, uh, but their guys are trying, and it's just a lot more fun when guys are scoring and making plays, and, and you've got you know 10 or so guys that are kind of leading. the, They're waving the towels and getting everybody hyped, and it helps. And it it also helps when the crowd is cheering, like Kalani said tonight. So just a really fun atmosphere. We've been doing this for so long. You guys longer than me. We've been doing this for a long time. And usually football games are so fun. And this year, a lot of the games haven't been as fun <laughs> yeah. because there just hasn't been as much to cheer about, especially late in the game. So it was just uh, it reminded me of the good old days of just 
good old BYU football. Lot it was of, a fun yeah. game. Lots to cheer for. Lots of guys making plays. A lot of stuff happening out there the whole time in the game, and you end up coming out on top. That's all fun. That's good. Was there an unsung hero uh, at all for you tonight, Nate? Uh, the obvious guys we've talked about. Uh, Joe wins his first start as a BYU quarterback, fourth freshman to win his first start at BYU. Squally ends up with a top 10 single-game rush performance in BYU history after a strong outing last week, a dominant outing tonight. So the obvious guys are those two in BYU's win. Um, what else stuck out to you, and maybe if it's unsung hero or not, something else maybe under the radar? Well, yeah, something that sticks out to me is that I don't know anything, and I'm, I, I get paid to, to talk about football, and I know some things about football, but you try to make predictions, and, and you think you know what's going to happen. And, and last week I thought, you know, BYU kind of hit their stride offensively against San Jose State. You know, I, I think they're going to go out. And I think they're going to play better against Fresno. And they struggled. They did not score. And I thought tonight you've lost your top two quarterbacks. You're starting a f- true freshman. Your backup is a true freshman. The offense is averaging 15 points a game, and it's just a grind to get to 15. I think they're in trouble tonight. <laughs> And yeah. Joe just, I mean, he so he can't be the unsung hero because he did such a good job, but it's it's a hundred little decisions that the quarterback's making all game long. It's the, it's the audible. It's the fact that he didn't fumble any snaps. It's where his eyes are on every play. It's when he chooses to throw the ball. It's where he chooses to throw. It's who he threw, chooses to throw to. And over the course of the game, these hundreds, probably thousands of decisions add up and Come to find out, Joe's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, most of like. those decisions were good He made ones, a yeah. lot of good decisions that led to a lot of low-risk good plays. A tweet coming in from Ben Nichols, hashtag BYUCNN. He says, how about a recently returned missionary who served in Montreal, Canada, Joe Critchlow, oh. serving the pigskin to Squally, Canada, eh? Hey, hey. So hey, was, oh, oh, Canada. It, it was a night for, uh, for Oh, Canada, absolutely. Well, nice it, nice it, point, Ben. It did remind me a lot of uh, Tanner Mangum stepping in there yeah. in the same situation, first game of the except that was the first game of the year uh, when he had to take over at Nebraska. And, and he uh, didn't know he'd have a few days of lead-up to get ready. He was just thrown in. Joe knew early in the week he'd be the guy tonight. And but. I was so impressed with how he handled all the attention that he got. He did, you know, he was doing interviews on ESPN and all those guys. And uh, tonight I felt the same thing about Joe. Joe did a great job as he talked to the press and uh, was very confident and you know, something to, something to, something happens to those guys when they go out on a mission, doesn't it? <laughs> Robert Harkness on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN. Love BYU and happy for the team. What else would I be doing at 1.10 a.m. and listening to BYU football and the game recap? So uh, we're glad you're with us late. We'll take a break. More of BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now after this. Hashtag BYUCNN It's the ice cream. Twitter. That's what's keeping people up nowadays. Yeah, it's the ice cream. Two half gallons are still coming your way. Uh, it's email as well, if you want to use that. It's kind of like snail mail now, but people still use the email. It's cougarnationnow at byu.edu. Cougarnationnow at byu.edu. And there are people emailing, so people are emailing and tweeting. We'll talk with you after this. 3121, BYU over UNLV. Rebels just cannot beat the Cougars here at home. They're 0-9 all time on their home field against BYU. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN. We're in Las Vegas, Sam Boyd Stadium, UNLV falls to BYU. Cougs win at 31-21. to 
Andrew Allman emails us with the subject line, Awake in Salt Lake City. He says, one of the most interesting parts of the TV broadcast tonight was watching Coy Detmer on the sideline. He was shown constantly coaching Critchlow, Canada, and other players. I loved his attitude each time a player came off the field. He seemed to be the first to step up and provide feedback. That team felt different tonight. I loved it. Does a quarterback change cause that? Andrew Ullman, South Jordan, Utah. I think what Kalani said pregame has some uh, 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 veracity to it in how people want to rally to help the young kid in his first start. They feel more, um, they feel more responsible to, to do their part to make sure his part is easier to do. But when he talks about the team feeling different tonight, I think that's a fair point. And the fact that Coy Detmer, who's now... Uh, the number four guy, if you will, or now number three, but he's behind two freshmen. So he's still involved. He's still mentally involved. He's still tactically involved and helping the team out best he can speaks a lot for him and the family and everything else. Yeah. And and so it really helps. Uh, I know as a quarterback that I'd come off and if there was uh, another quarterback on the sideline saying, Hey, when, when you run that short down and out from the second receiver in that safety is really slow to get to him. You know, or he'll pick up that uh, when the safeties are so wide, you've got the chance to get the tight end in the middle. So uh, that vision that they see on the sideline is so much uh, easier for them to pick up and report to you because you're concerned. You know, I I liked what uh, Butch Pau said that uh, his buddy uh, Stanton was so focused on the game. You're focused on the game and you miss some of those uh, intricate parts of how you might attack a defense. And Mark Watson with a set with an email coming in, talking about a lot of the same things relative to Coy, saying with the headset on, doing a lot of conversing with the quarterbacks. Coy was kind of acting like another quarterback coach out there, if you will. Yeah. And certainly with Uncle Ty, um, they both probably feel they know a lot of the same things and have um, prepared in a lot of the same ways to get these guys ready to go. So I'm sure it was a it was a factor. And kudos to Coy for being that kind of guy. Drew Tykson or Tixon, uh, probably Tykson, uh, ends up emailing us and saying, Greg, Mark, and Nate. Tonight I felt I saw the offense that Coach Detmer has been intending to run. How much of that was the studly performance of Joe Critchlow? How, how much could be credited to UNLV's defense? Again, thanks for your good work, and we thank you, Drew, for the kind comments tonight. So maybe to each of you guys about uh, what we saw from an offensive uh, either philosophy or tactical execution standpoint of what Tatai wants to get done and got done tonight with Joe Critchlow. Yeah, well, I'll start with uh, when, when BYU struggles as much as they have this season when you're averaging 15 points a game and you're one of the worst in the country it's not just one thing that's going wrong you've got a lot of problems your receivers aren't catching balls they're not running the right routes the offensive line is not blocking the quarterback is not making reads coaches aren't calling the right plays they're at least not teaching the offense in a way that the players aren't going to understand so much is going wrong when you're struggling as much as they were so tonight a lot of things went right, and I think it starts with the offensive line. They've been physical and strong all year. They were opening up holes. I think Squally is one of – this goes back to my point earlier is I don't know anything. I thought Squally was a, a fine Division One back, and I watched him tonight, and he's above average. I mean, he's a very good back. He, he presses the hole when he needs to. He's patient when he needs to. He cuts back when he needs to. He breaks tackles. He eludes defenders. That was huge. And Joe made a lot of good reads. Ty called some good plays. Uh, so I think a lot of things went right tonight, and that's why the offense improved. I can say that uh, UNLV does give up 223 yards a game uh, on the ground. Yeah. And so uh, it is uh, something that is a problem for them. But on the other hand, 
uh, East Carolina gave up a ton of yeah. yards, uh, and and know, Utah State gives up a ton of yards. And we didn't have the Fresno's. they didn't have that same success against those guys. So the fact that uh, they did take advantage of uh, one of their weaknesses tonight, I thought was was important. Email comes in and it says it's great to hear Greg and Mark, and I'll say Nate as well. Coming through loud and clear as I'm listening to the game in Miri, Malaysia. <laughs> True Blue Cougar Craig Wilson emailing from Malaysia on this morning. So thank you uh, for being with us. And, uh, and Joy Brown is out there and just uh, kind of letting us know that, yes, Cougar fans are still up. Yes, she says, we are still up with you. Thank you for your broadcast. It means a lot to me, and those words mean a lot to us because we are here for you, and we do it because of you. And so... If we're all staying up together and enjoying the night, well, then that's uh, all the better. We do appreciate everybody out there tuning in wherever you have been or are uh, tonight. And, again, when we're in the game and I'm calling a touchdown or a big completion, I'm not thinking about the losses that have happened or the fact that BYU's 2-8. and I'm loving that moment, and I'm putting out the energy I'm feeling in that moment. Uh, you know, and, and so it really, uh, yeah, I, I don't think about those things. Those things don't yeah. cross my mind. Just like Tony Sanchez does, says, our guys don't think about being demoralized when a team comes and scores a touchdown. We're, we're next play, you know. And when I'm in that play, it's, uh, it's all genuine excitement, and I'm happy for the guys and happy for the listeners and uh, happy to be uh, calling an exciting play at that moment. And so you're in it. You're in the moment. So people talk to me sometimes when I say something kind of stupid really late at night. And then they say, yeah, that was stupid. Uh, and I was going, what? You were up still to listen to that? So I'm going to say, I thought that that was pretty cool that uh, they have a Brandon Presley on their team, and it's Elvis's grandson. UNLV has a Brandon Presley. They do. Yeah, it's Elvis's must, grandson. Must be. It has to be. Has yeah. to be. How, where else would has he go? He, would, he could only go to UNLV, right? Uh, okay, now we'll see how many people talk to me tomorrow. Yeah, that's see for that very thing, right? That's exactly a school in yeah, Tennessee yeah, that he could go to. Uh, Cougar Chaps at Chaplin Schumann says, uh, first BYU football game for my seven-year-old son. I guess he was here in Vegas tonight. Uh, thanks for making it a great one, Cougs. Thanks for the smiles. He had a blast, and BYU's uh, Cougars did make it a lot of fun for the fans here tonight, and there were a lot of them in the stands. Uh, before we get the trivia uh, for uh, ice cream uh, tonight, Joe Critchlow, I thought, had um, presence tonight. Yeah. I, I thought for a kid making his, I say a kid, he's a return missionary. He's kind of a grown man in a lot of ways. But uh, he had presence out there tonight. I felt like he, he strided in and, and felt looked like he knew what he was doing and belonged to be there and didn't look uh, overwhelmed. Whereas earlier in the season, I thought when he came in and the moments he came in, it just didn't ever feel maybe totally right for him. Here's a nice example for what you're talking about on the crossing route to Hefo on third down and six. And uh, they came with a blitz, and nobody picked up one of the blitzers, and uh, he's coming straight. And he backpedaled, backpedaled, backpedaled to give himself just enough time to be able to deliver the ball to Hefo on that crossing route. Hefo was just a little late getting across, and he throws a good pass to him. So he had presence in mind to think, I've got time. I can give it up. I can give it up. Uh, normally you want to get out so that you can throw the ball away, but uh, he did a nice job knowing it was going to come. Flips the ball over the top of that guy's head. Uh, presence in mind of what was going on in the play. Yeah, that was good. Nate, anything for you before we give uh, some trivia out there? I love Las Vegas. Yeah. You think everything's to the west, but look out there to the east. Look at that. That's and I'm where staying you were. at the Westin Resort. Holy cow. Lake Las Vegas down Lake there. Lake Las Vegas. It's Pretty beautiful. fancy, huh? 
All right, uh, time to give away two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. We'll give the answer after the break, and between now and then you'll be giving us what you think is the correct answer. So it's again brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. We're going to give you two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. First person to correctly either tweet or email in the correct answer to the following skill-testing trivia question wins ice cream from the BYU Creamery. So we know tonight that Squally Canada came up with the ninth-best single-game rushing yardage total in BYU football history. Name three of the players in the top five, and they are five different guys. So the top five single-game BYU rushing performances by yardage, those five performances are turned in by five different players. Name three of the five, and the first to do so, or how should we do four? Three or four? Uh, let's go three. It's three hard. No, okay. Late. Name three of the five. First person to do it wins two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Answer next here on the new skin BYU Sports Network. All right, so welcome back to Sam Boyd Stadium here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Final score, BYU 31 and UNLV 21. Looking for the first uh, correct response. And uh, it's going to go to somebody on Twitter tonight. Uh, emails come in, and there were just uh, seconds and minutes separating the correct answers. And I'm going to at Blue Cougar F-Ball for Blue Cougar Football. He'll be a person. There's got to be a name associated with it. And uh, first in, he suggests Taysom Hill, mm-hmm. Jamal Williams, mm-hmm. Eldon Forti mm, and Ronnie three. Jenkins. He gave us four, just needing three. And, yeah, those are four of the five. The other was Pete Van Valkenburg. Oh, Fleet Pete. So Jamal Williams, 286. Eldon Forti, 272. Taysom Hill, 259. Ronnie Jenkins, 250. Pete Van Valkenburg, 247. Those are the guys in the top five single-game BYU rushing performances. And so this one will go to Twitter tonight, but thanks to all the email and Twitter submissions this evening. Uh, wonderfully done. We appreciate it. Uh, hearing, uh, and, and just uh, from a lot of people just driving out and about, uh, I get somebody, uh, Michael Carter, said he's driving from Spanish Fork to Long Beach for a baseball trip, turning it on, and said listening to the radio takes him back to the days when he was a kid listening to Paul James <laughs> do these games. Yeah. And we remember Paul because we got to work with him. You know, they used to get to past, past St. George by the time we were coming off the air in our post game. On the way home. Yep. Uh, Val, our man Val in Minilani, Hawaii, says, not to gloat. So he says, aloha, Greg, Mark, and Nate, first of all. Not to gloat, but it's only 10 o'clock here. <laughs> 10.30 now, I guess. We never thought it would be, feel so good to be 3-8. and eight. He said, I thought Critchlow showed a lot of poise for his first start. He shows a lot of potential for, for next year. Based on the limited body of work you've seen from him, do you feel he's earned the starting position for the remainder of the games this year? Yep. And he says, I'm looking forward to the upcoming game over here against UH. Thank you for all oh, your yeah. broadcasts, says Val in Mililani. So, uh, Val, mahalo, and we will see you soon. And, uh, yeah, knowing what I know about the situation uh, with Bo, it seems a little dicey right now. Uh, getting him ready for anything the rest of the way would seem, yeah. uh, I mean, you know, at this point, at this point, you kind of go with a hot hand approach yeah. and give, give Joe a full week of work knowing he's the guy and then roll with it. So I would say Joe's going to be the guy to end the year. Yeah, and he yeah. mentions 3-8 and eight never felt so good. This yeah. reminds me a little bit of 2015 where a team starts off 4-0, you're hoping for New Year's yeah. 6, and then they lose four in a row. And then Christian Stewart comes in, and all of a sudden it's fun again. And, yeah, you're not going undefeated like you'd hope, but it's fun. And I'm 
I'm feeling that right now, guys. Yeah. You know, it's three and eight. Yeah. It's not where you wanted to be, and, but there's something to look forward to the next couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's that whole total adage. Uh, there's two of them. Uh, you're only as good as the last game you played. And so they were good. So all of a sudden now, yeah, they're good. And the other thing is that players win games and coaches lose them. And uh, so everybody's complimenting the players tonight. And last week we're probably bad-mouthing the coaches. But uh, uh, my point of view is that uh, I thought uh, Joe Critchlow did a nice job. We already talked about how uh, most of his decisions were correct. And the other part you can say is, who else are you going to play? <laughs> you know, there's, no, there's nobody else right now, I don't think, that you're going to use. <laughs> so uh, Cody Wilstead was available. Yeah, he is the next right. guy. And then Coy's the next guy after that. So there are some people. But but, uh, but you are two games away from getting another year for Cody if, uh, yeah, if that's what you, you want to accomplish. Yeah. All right, folks, let's uh, wrap it up. Thank all those who made the broadcast possible out there and uh, the listening audience being with us. We appreciate it. To our good friends back at the network headquarters, Carter Malloy, our control board operator, staying up late, our network manager, Mike Tingle, coordinating producer, Dave Shook, our flagships, BYU Radio and KSL News Radio, sports information staffs of BYU and UNLV facility staff here at the Sam Boyd Stadium. Uh, kudos to all. Our thanks to our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski, our spotter, Doug Martin, our Engineer, Chief Engineer Barry Squires here in the booth with us. Uh, intern, broadcast engineer intern, Tommy Johnson. Intern Tommy was with us. So good crew here in Las Vegas. Tomorrow it's uh, BYU basketball. 6 o'clock pregame, 7 o'clock tip for BYU and Mississippi Valley State. The Cougars' regular season basketball opener is tomorrow. I'll be there for that. Fly back in the morning and get uh, ready to go for that. So it's a big sports weekend here on the network. And Greg, before you wrap, yeah. uh, if it happens that you have to leave early enough that you don't get to do the final wrap-up, you know, tomorrow. Oh, no, that's right. It's not next Saturday. It's tomorrow. It's next Saturday? Is there a basketball game at home next Saturday? So next Saturday we'll have uh, UMass football, 11 a.m. pregame, 1 o'clock kick. And then we'll go right into UT Arlington basketball. Oh, okay. Not right into, but uh, it'll be a yeah. 6.30 pregame, 7.30 tip. So we'll do two sports next Saturday. And there'll be a little break between the two broadcasts, I think. Can I use your closing line if you aren't there at the time we're going to close? Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I've, now, I plan to be there for the close. But if I'm not, you can use it. All right. All right. That's just all I'm, that's all I'm asking. Thanks. You want, you want to use it tonight? You're kidding. I'm not kidding. Let's let's just hold on for a second. Uh, okay. Oh wow! Is he so ready? yeah, so tomorrow it's basketball, and then we've got all kinds of stuff during the week with coordinators' corner, the Satake show, and then uh, more BYU basketball and football uh, next week. I'm going I'm going to New Jersey Monday. There's oh, a BYU basketball game at Princeton uh, oh. next Wednesday. So this uh, is a jam packed week next week, and then more football and basketball on the weekend. So that is going to do it for tonight. Uh, we're going to head out of here. Uh, wish you all the best. Safe travels for those who are on the road listening to us tonight to drive safely and hopefully get to your destination uh, happy and healthy. And we'll uh, look forward to the next time we do it again. Just two games left in the season two, now, Mark. Yeah, I know. <laughs> two games. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Nearing the end. Can you believe it's been eight years since we went to Snaps? <laughs> we're 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 gonna we're gonna go find a place that we went to a long time ago here in Las Vegas and renew uh, renew uh, old acquaintances. Three best friends yeah. anyone could have. It was a Seinfeld episode. Okay, so yeah, it, it kind of felt like that. We're gonna go find that place. <laughs> somebody and, spilled their hot chocolate. Yeah, somebody spilled hot chocolate all over his pants. Yeah, that was me. All right, it's gotta be. It's that time. Of, yeah, it's 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 twenty to one. Uh, here, meaning 20 to 2 back in Utah and later elsewhere. So that's going to do it. Uh, my name is Greg Rubel. Uh, he's Nate Mickle, right? 
Yeah, yeah. love Las Vegas. And uh, you're Mark Lyons? I'm Mark Lyons. And, and so for all the aforementioned, it's Mark Lyons saying, In the meantime and in between time. This has been BYU Football <laughs> on the new skin, BYU Sports yes, Network. Good night. Yes. So long from Las Vegas. <laughs>